All right, how's everybody today? Are you good? Good, good. I just want to welcome you all. So glad you're here. I want to welcome everybody that's online. It's really great to be connecting today around the Word of God and worshiping uh, Jesus. What a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. That was just such a powerful time together of, of worship. And we just want to continue that as we turn to His Word. So if you have your scripture today, open it up to Hebrews chapter 11. We're in Hebrews 11 today, and uh, we have finally made it. While you are turning there, I just want to ask if, if any of you remember scholastic book order forms. Anybody? Yep. Okay. All right. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, uh, probably, you know, one of the most exciting things in my childhood was that moment where your teacher passed out the scholastic book order form. And I'll never forget flipping through the pages, looking at all the amazing books, and just getting excited about the, the different books that I could order. And I'll never forget one time seeing this book that I had to have. It was a book on the Super Bowl, and it told the story of every Super Bowl from 1967 to 1987. Yes, I was a child of the 80s. And this book was totally rad, by the way. So, thank you. Okay, good. All right, with me. Good. All right, well, um, one of my favorite stories as I read, you know, about all the different Super Bowls and the different stories around them was the story of uh, the New York Jets and a quarterback named Broadway Joe Namath. And uh, the story goes that in 1969, uh, Joe Namath had led his team, the New York Jets, to the third Super Bowl. And uh, he was a young quarterback at the time, and they were going to face uh, a mighty Baltimore Colts. In fact, so dominating were the Colts that everyone favored, heavily favored, the Colts to win this Super Bowl by a huge margin of 18 points or more. So everybody was saying going up to this game, you know, Jets are going to lose, they're not going to do well, like the Colts are just too good. They're too good of a team. Three days before the Super Bowl was played, um, Joe Namath was being honored at the Miami Touchdown Club. And uh, he was coming up to the microphone, and somebody yells out from the back of the room, hey, Namath, Jets are going to lose. That's really the polite way of, say I, of saying what that person said. And Joe Namath is up there. Somebody's just yelling out, Jets are going to lose. And he's been hearing this all week, and he's sick of it. And he looks to the per person in the back of the room, and, and he tells him, he says, he says, I got news for you, buddy. We're going to win, and I guarantee it. And the room went silent. How could anybody guarantee a win in the Super Bowl? Not just predict a win. He guaranteed the win. Nobody believed it. By all appearances, the Colts were the better team. And if you guys know history, Joe Namath made good on his guarantee. And the Jets won the Super Bowl. The guarantee became one of the most famous statements ever made by an athlete. And Broadway Joe Namath, because of his confidence, boldness, dare I say faith, would one day end up in the NFL Hall of Fame. We are going to be talking about another Hall of Fame today, and it's the Hall of Fame 
for people of faith. And like Joe Namath, it's people that look around at the world, look around all, at all the appearances and say, you know what? You may not see it, you may not believe it, but I got news for you, world. God is going to win. I guarantee it. If he said it, I believe it. And so today, here we are in Hebrews chapter 11. I know you've been waiting for this for months and months. When are we going to get to the Hall of Faith? Well, we're here. We're in Hebrews 11. It's called the Hall of Faith, and for good reason. Beginning with one of the very first people on earth, Hebrews chapter 11 traces examples of faith throughout Old Testament history. And it really highlights those examples for us. It really is an incredible chapter. And as we get into chapter 11 today, I just want to remind you that faith always has a backstory. You know what I'm talking about? Think about your life. Faith has a backstory. And the backstory is these readers in Hebrews are weary. They're tired. They've been facing daunting circumstances. And many of them are ready to give up. They're actually ready to go back to a life of unbelief. I think many of us here today, we've, we've experienced difficult times in our life. We've walked through difficult seasons. And maybe you've experienced a time in your life when you were ready to give up. I think we have this mindset that says, if I just believe in God, everything's going to be easy. Well, guys, if it was easy, it wouldn't take faith. Faith has a backstory for every one of us here today. And the next time you're going through a difficult circumstance or, or you feel like giving up, I want to invite you to check your faith. How is your faith? Because what we've learned is that faith really is everything. We're in chapter 11 today. If you think back to Hebrews chapter 10 and we see the importance of faith, how are we saved? Faith. How do we persevere? Faith. How do we get even closer to God? Faith. It's all there, building up to chapter 11. How are we saved? Hebrews 10.39. We don't belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. We're saved by faith. How do we persevere? We persevere by faith. Hebrews 10.35. This is all building up to the chapter on faith. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your faith. It will be richly rewarded. Faith is how we persevere. How do we get even closer to God in our life and have a deeper relationship with Him? The answer is faith. Hebrews 10.22. Let's draw near to God with a full assurance of faith. Faith is everything. Everything that God wants to pour into your life comes through faith. That's why our author ends chapter 10 saying this powerful quote from Habakkuk, my righteous one will live by faith. By faith. You're going to hear that phrase 24 times in a single chapter. By faith. By faith. By faith. The Christian life is a life of faith. So the question is, if we are going to walk by faith, we better understand what faith is, right? What is faith? That's what we're looking at today. So today we want to ask the question, what is faith? Can I have it? And what would it look like in my life? What is faith? 
can I have it, and what would faith look like in my life? The answer to these questions are found in Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 7. Now, if you're there, let's read these verses together. Hebrews 11, 1 through 7. This is what it says. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as, ri- he <laughs> was commended as righteous and when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. And that's just the beginning, guys, of an amazing chapter on faith. We'll pick up the rest of that chapter next week. But today, we're asking the question, what is faith? Let's pray. God, thanks for today. We want to thank you for the goodness of God that we get to experience every single moment. And so I pray that as we come to your word today, that we would come by faith. Lord, you are the author and perfecter of our faith. Faith is a gift of God. And so we want to invite you, Lord, to teach us, to direct us, and to inspire our hearts to trust you more and more. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's start here with our first question. Just really simply, what is faith? What is faith? And uh, we've got actually uh, a little definition of faith here, don't we? Hebrews 11.1, 1, very famous. We've all heard it. We all know it. What is faith? Now, faith is, and we can repeat it. And yet, do we know what it means? I asked myself that question this week, studying. I'm like, this verse is so familiar. And, uh, I don't know, try it out for yourself. Hebrews 11.1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. There's our definition of faith. We all got it now. We can pray and go home, right? I don't know about you. I brought this verse to Angie. I'm like, Angie, talking about what is faith. I'm like, this is what it says. Does this make sense? And we're all like, hmm, that's interesting. We're kind of scratching our heads. And it's very interesting because Hebrews 11.1 1, on version and Bible.com is the 22nd most popular verse in the entire Bible, according to searches. Isn't that amazing? 22nd most popular verse, most searched for verse. And do we even know what this verse means? I found myself going, man, I, I really know this verse. I can quote it, but do I know what it means? And I was going, you know what? Maybe I need to study this just a little bit more. So let's try to break these verses down right now so that we can have a really clear definition of faith. Let's look at it one more time here. Faith is 
confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. I want you to notice two words in this definition of faith. You might even want to circle them. The two words I want you to notice in this definition of faith are confidence and assurance. Faith is confidence and assurance. We are going to have confidence in something and we're going to have assurance of something. Confidence and assurance. We're not talking about speculation here. We're not talking about a leap into the dark or, you know, some sort of a vague feeling about spiritual things. There is a certainty about what we believe. It's as certain as the chair that you are sitting on right now. Faith is confidence. It's assurance. It's this idea in our hearts of, I know that I know that I know. It's confidence. It's assurance. And what is our confidence and our assurance in? What does it say? It says realities that we cannot see. Our glorious God. Our hope of heaven. The nations coming to worship Jesus as he reigns on earth as it is in heaven. We have these amazing promises of God and faith is saying, if he said it, I know it's true. I know that I know that I know. And the world may not see it and the world may not believe it, but we as believers in Jesus, we have confidence. We have assurance. We have something better than a Joe Namath guarantee. Because God is a man of his word. Amen? Faith is a certainty about things that we cannot see. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we believe and what we know is true. That is faith. A few weeks ago, uh, church was getting ready to start. And I was up in my my third floor office up there, kind of going through my notes, pacing, and uh, raced down the stairs, and I ran over to the door, and I asked Malachi to do the little temperature scan. This was, you know, back in those olden days when we did all those. No, I'm just kidding with you. Uh, so, so he pulls out the, the scanner, and beep, and his eyes get big. And, and I'm like, what? What is it? He goes, it's red. We've never had red before. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 you've got to check that again. That's not right. You know, he's like, it says it's 101. I'm like, no, 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 that's not right. And he's like, okay. And then he goes, Beep! it's red. I'm like, you're kidding me. I'm like, Malachi, I'm not sick, really. Like, I'm, I'm feeling great here. I, I know, like, this is not a problem. And, and Malachi looks at Tom. He's like, Tom, what are we going to do? And Tom's like, Brian, you got to go home. I'm like, no, i got to preach. <laughs> you know, like, I can't just go home. I'm like, no, I'm not sick, guys. Like, really, I'm, there's, there's nothing wrong. I don't know what's wrong. Check the thermometer. Like, give me a minute. So, like, just a few minutes. Okay, a few minutes later. Beep. Ah, green. Now I can preach. But you know what? Faith is a little bit like that. We're going to face circumstances in our life that are green and that are yellow and that, that are red. And faith is going, you know what? My faith isn't in the temperature of my circumstances. My faith isn't even in myself. 
my faith is in a God who's bigger and more powerful than all that, and his word is true. And so no matter what the, the temperature of the circumstances are saying, I know that I know that I know who God is and who I am. It's a confidence. It's an assurance. It's a certainty about unseen things. That's what faith is all about. That's the essence of faith. Some of you might be here today and you say, well, if that's what faith is, kind of sounds like a kind of sounds like just a blind leap. And, you know, I always picture Indiana Jones taking that step. You know, I might not be able to have faith if that's what faith is all about. And so it really brings up the second question, can I even have faith? And there is a popular misconception out there about faith that says, you know what faith is? Faith is believing without any proof at all. I don't know if you've heard that, but uh, it's very, very common to hear that among the, you know, the popular atheists that kind of make their way around and uh, many of the books that they're writing. And, and you just get this sense that there is this idea of faith out there that faith, what faith is at the end of the day is just believing something without any proof at all. And a lot of you might be saying, you know, I'm not sure I can have faith if that's what faith is. Just to share a few quotes here, atheist Sam Harris will say, faith is belief without evidence. Belief without evidence. Would that describe your faith today? Richard Dawkins, who wrote The God Delusion, that kind of tells you where he's at, says faith is blind. Faith is a delusion. Outspoken atheist and biologist Jerry Coyne even points out, even points us to Hebrews 11. Hey, look at Hebrews 11, everybody. And he says, faith involves pretending to know things you don't, and behind it is wish thinking, as clearly expressed in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Well, actually, that's not what is clearly being expressed in Hebrews 1, is it? And we can know that from the context. And I would just point you to take a look at the context here, um, and, and take a look at Hebrews 11.3, and I want to read this specifically in, a, in the ESV, which is a more literal translation. It says, by faith we understand. By faith we understand. Faith enables us to understand. By faith we understand the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So the story of faith actually goes all the way back to creation. That's where our author goes, all the way back to creation. And I got to ask, was anybody there to see the creation of the universe? I wasn't there. Were you there? Was Richard Dawkins? Was Richard Dawkins there? No. At the end of the day, this is going to be a step of faith, whatever you believe ultimately is going to come down to faith. But does this mean that we can know nothing about how the universe was created? Absolutely not. Because where there is art, there is an artist. We see design. We see things that are not an accident. We see beauty. We see life. We see people created. Meaning and purpose. And you go, this isn't an accident. The 
universe was created by the word of God. Romans 1.20, check this out, it says, Ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly, what? Clearly seen. Interesting. Because they're understood through the things God has made. By faith, we understand. See, faith isn't the absence of evidence. Faith is because of the evidence. And the evidence of God is all around us. God is speaking. God is revealing himself to us. I don't need scientific proof to know that God is real. Because God has spoken. Because he's revealing himself. And how does he do that? God reveals himself through the word of God. The word of God. It's the revelation of God. We have the word of creation. The universe was created by the word of God. You have the word of scripture. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. You come to this book, you open it, and you experience the power of God speaking to you in the pages of scripture, just like in creation. And then you have the word of God's Son. Hebrews 1.1, in these last days, God has spoken to us in his Son. That's the word made flesh. That's God entering history. See, we have placed our faith in an objective reality, and his name is Jesus. See, I have spent my entire life looking at the evidence for the Christian faith. And I will tell you that there is an incredible historical testimony that confirms all the things that we believe by faith. There is incredible, um, there is tremendous historical evidence for creation, for the historicity of Jesus, all these stories in the Bible. And I just want to say today that our faith is not blind. But there is evidence for those who will see. There was once a debate. Uh, it was between this popular atheist, Richard Dawkins, and a Christian thinker named John Lennox. And Richard Dawkins had brought up this idea that, you know, faith really at the end of the day is just believing something without any proof at all. And in the debate, Dawkins, who's an atheist, said, we only use the word faith when we don't have evidence. And Lennox, John Lennox replies, well, do you have faith in your wife? And he goes, oh, yeah, of course I got faith in my wife. And he says, is it based on any evidence? He goes, oh, of course. And then everybody started laughing. I don't know if you get the humor of that. Do you have faith in your wife? Yeah, I have faith. Is there any evidence? Oh, of course. There is evidence. See, the biblical definition of faith is not belief without proof. The biblical definition of faith is really what one person said best. Listen to this. Faith isn't belief without proof, but trust without reservation. I'll say that one more time. Faith isn't belief without proof. It's trust without reservation. And that's what we're talking about today when we talk about biblical faith. And we can all have a faith like that. Last question. What would faith look like in my life? 
What would faith look like in my life? And here's where we get to those examples of faith. And, um, and what's really amazing as we look at these examples is that you're going to begin to see that everything God wants to do in your life can be unlocked with the key of faith. Faith really is the key. So, you know, here we get some of the first three examples and uh, starts off in verse 2. I love this. What's, what's the power of faith? This is what verse 2 tells us. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. So we know right off the bat, as we look through this list of examples of faith, we know this is what the ancients were commended for. I think a lot of people say, you know, in the Old Testament, people were saved by works. But in the New Testament, people are saved by faith. And that's absolutely not true. If you look at the Hall of Faith here, it's always been about faith. It's always been about trusting Jesus, either the Messiah to come or the Jesus we've seen. It's always been about faith. And so verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for, their faith. How about verse 6? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. I just, I love this verse. I'd love to spend a whole message on this verse. But what it's saying to us today is that faith pleases God. Now, you might not get a lot of approval from the world. Faith pleases God. Might not get a lot of applause from the world. And we need to know that, and we need to be ready for that. But that's okay, right? Because all of the rewards of heaven are going to be for those who believe. Faith pleases God. He's the rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So let's flesh this out a bit. What would faith look like in my life? Here we get to our first three examples of faith. Abel, Enoch, and Noah. And by the way, these examples are just building up to our ultimate example of faith in Hebrews chapter 12, which is Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. I know you're thinking, well, Jesus is in chapter 12. How can he be in the chapter on faith? Well, he is. They, those chapter divisions came later. But it's all building up to Jesus in chapter 12. So let's get started. What does faith look like? Number one, faith looks like trusting a better sacrifice. Faith looks like trusting a better sacrifice. Look at the example of Abel, verse 4. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Abel didn't get a lot of uh, applause for his faith, did he? You guys know the story of Cain and Abel? Each one brings an offering. Cain brings some of the, the fruit, some of the produce of the land. What does Abel bring? Abel brings an animal. He sacrifices that animal before the Lord. And he offers his first and his best as a sacrifice. And what Genesis tells us, and what Hebrews tells us, is that God accepted Abel's offering. That's very interesting. Abel trusted in a better sacrifice. 
Our author says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering. Does this idea of a better sacrifice just sound kind of familiar to any of you today as we've been going through the book of Hebrews, right? That was a whole big section of Hebrews. It said Jesus is the better sacrifice. Apart from the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And isn't it amazing that Abel, and this is just moments after the fall, and Abel has this sense that he needs to bring a sacrifice, that, that he needs a sacrifice to draw near to God. I just think that's amazing that Abel trusted in this better sacrifice. And what was his reward? By faith, Abel was commended as righteous. Think about that. By faith. By faith in Jesus, the better sacrifice, not only is sin forgiven, which is awesome in itself, but we are commended as righteous. We receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We're trusting in a better sacrifice. Faith is, looks like trusting in a better sacrifice. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of Abel. Number two, faith looks like a daily relationship with God. And this comes from the example of Enoch in verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life that he did not experience death. Wow. I'd like to go that way, actually. I'm thinking about it. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. Wow. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now, what do we know about Enoch? If you go back to Genesis 5, we all know it. If, if you've heard of Enoch, Enoch walked with God, right? He walked with God. He didn't get ahead of God. He didn't get behind God. He walked with God. What does it mean to walk with God but to trust in Him, but to live in a daily relationship with God. You know, the most amazing thing about the life of faith, that maybe the greatest reward of all, is that we get to walk with God. We get a relationship with Him. And it is the most amazing thing in heaven or on earth to experience that daily presence of a holy, powerful, good, loving God walking with you in life. And here's what's so amazing about this. This walk with God can start today, but it lasts forever. And that's the picture of eternal life. It says that Enoch here, Enoch was, was so close to God, he never, got, he never died. How amazing is that? God just took him. It says he couldn't be found. It was like, where's Enoch? You seen Enoch? I, no. No, God took him. He's gone. God took him. It's that picture of eternal life that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus has broken the power of the grave. He has conquered death. In him is life. And by faith in Jesus, we too shall live. What an amazing promise. What an amazing reward for those who trust in Jesus. Faith. Looks like a daily relationship with God. And by the way, guys, that never ends. That's forever. 
Last one. Faith looks like standing boldly on the Word of God. Let me hear you say boldly. Come on. Boldly. boldly. Yeah. Faith looks like standing boldly on the Word of God. And we see that in Noah, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, goes back to our definition of faith, assurance about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Genesis 6. God looks at the world. He sees how terrible things have become. The world is corrupt. It's full of violence. The heart of every person, it says, is is, is full of evil continually. And so God is going to judge the world. And he's going to judge the world with this massive flood. But it says that Noah found favor with God. And God began to warn Noah that a flood is, was coming, that judgment was coming. And Noah, in holy fear, began to build this ark so that he could save himself and his family. Do you know how many years Noah built that ark? A hundred and twenty years. This ark was, uh, was 50 feet high. Get this, 500 feet long. And it's sitting in his backyard. There is no water to be found. Hey, Noah, what are you going to do with that boat? People thought Noah was a nut job. This is crazy, 120 years. And you know what? People ridiculed Noah until the day he got into those doors and shut the door. And by faith, Noah and his family were saved and the world was condemned. Why? Because he boldly stood on the word of God. If God said it, I'm going to believe it. I don't care how crazy it looks. I don't care what the world thinks. If he said it, I believe it. It's faith. And I think as we look to a day, church family, it is less and less popular to be a Christian today. And, and we see days coming where it will be difficult, even legally difficult, to obey Jesus. we got to be ready. Our, we're, our job is not to fear people. Our job is to fear God, to love people, and to boldly stand on his word. And that's what we're going to do. Because our faith, is in God. Our faith is in Jesus. And just like Noah, that's what faith does. So as we wrap up, I just want to ask this simple question. How about you? What does faith look like in your life today? And some of you, you might be here today and, and say, you know what, I, I really don't have a relationship with God. I haven't been walking with Him. And so today, I want to begin a life with God. I want to begin a relationship with God. I want to rededicate my life to living wholeheartedly for him. I'm going to make a decision today. I want to be like Enoch. I want to be like Noah. I want to be like Abel. I want, I want to love God, and I want the righteousness, the eternal life. 
I, I want to be saved when the world is condemned. And you can have that today, not on the basis of your own works, but on the basis of the work that Jesus did on your behalf. Faith isn't earning and deserving, it's believing and receiving. And you can do that today. You can say yes to a life with God through faith in Jesus Christ. He wants to walk with you today. What does faith look like in your life? How about you? Some of you today, you're walking through difficult, difficult circumstances. And when you take that temperature scan, it's going beep, you know, red, orange, yellow, and you're in the fire right now. And it's not easy. And I just want to remind you that the best way to stay close to God is to trust him, to walk with him. He wants to be with you in the midst of what you're going through today. And maybe that's what faith looks like for you. Maybe faith is, God, give me some boldness. I want to boldly stand on the word of God. I don't care what people think anymore. I want to boldly I want to boldly tell my kids about the Word of God. I want to boldly tell my husband, my neighbors. I want, to, I want to let the world know about how awesome Jesus is. And I'm tired of being afraid of that. I want to live more boldly for him. It's faith. A little Joe Namath guarantee right there. You know, for me, I've just been using this phrase, by faith, this week. By faith, Brian. Looking at the finances, okay, by faith, by faith, Brian. Looking at the future, okay, by faith, by faith, Brian, by faith. I'm reminding myself that every moment is by faith. And maybe you could say by faith and put your name in there. What does faith look like for you today? Tell you what, you need faith? The Bible says Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Faith is a gift that God wants to give you today. Will you join me in prayer? God, thank you for an awesome morning of, of remembering who you are. You are an awesome God. You spoke and the galaxies came into existence. You loved us so much. You gave us your word, but more importantly than that, you gave us your son. And Jesus is the final word. He's the greatest proof of your love for us. And today we just want to come with, with hearts full of, of repentance and trust, saying, God, forgive us for all those years where we didn't see you, we didn't believe in you, but we want you to do a new thing in our hearts today. God, would you birth faith in our hearts today, a greater faith, a greater love, a greater passion. Um, I pray for those today who may not know you, who are saying, I want to walk with God. And I just want to invite you today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He will give you the faith you desperately long for. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the righteousness we have in Christ. We are fully accepted in Jesus. Thank you for crushing the power of death so that we could have eternal life with you. Nothing is better. So I pray that faith would rise up in our hearts. And would we be the ones to go through the days and the weeks and the months ahead just saying, by faith, by faith, I'm living by faith and I'm loving it because I know who my Savior is. 
Help us to be a church, God, that boldly stands on your word. We don't care what the world says. We know the God in whom we have believed. And we love you for that. We love you for revealing yourself to us in powerful ways. And we want to put our trust in you. And that starts right now with just opening our arms and say, you're an awesome God. How we love you. We worship you. Glorify your name in all the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me and worship?